Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the second episode of Bullshitters. Yes, you're listening correctly. Bullshitters is on episode two. This week we talked about some of the uh, random questions that we stumbled across on our Reddit page, actually. Um, Some of them are interesting, some of them are thought-provoking, some of them are a little more serious, some of them are funny. You guys are in for a whirlwind of emotions, so hopefully you guys enjoy what you're listening to. This is available on the BST Podcast family of networks. It's It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Any audio platform that you heard all the best things on. That episode's coming out later this week. Um, this this is available on that same channel. So you'll get notifications if you're following that these episodes are both coming out in the coming days. We can't thank you guys enough for the support. Myself and my good friend Aloha Dan are both super stoked to have you guys on board. So with that said, I'll, you know what? I'm just gonna let you guys embrace what's about to happen. I'm gonna let you take a deep breath, big exhale. Here comes episode two. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of The Bullshitters. Myself, Jake, is here. So is my co-host, Aloha Dan, repping the uh, Hawaiian print shirt there, I see. Uh, Most fittingly. Today we've got uh, some discussions from the Reddit page. Some questions that we're going to answer for you. Questions that you all have been dying to know the answer to. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's what we're going for, right, Dan? That's what we're going for. We're going to go for uh, just uh, some of them are going to be thought-provoking. Some of them are going to be petty. Some of them are just going to be plain trivial. But uh, we are going to go for it. Trivial questions are like uh, Trivial Pursuit. Um, When I was a kid, uh, that board game I was pretty good at. So... If we're getting those kind of questions, you know, just the random ones out of left field, you better watch your back. I'm just saying. I, uh, I recently played Trivial Pursuit with my dad and aunt, and uh, we played not like a recent Trivial Pursuit. We played the original Trivial Pursuit. They were asking questions about, like, stars from the 50s, and I was like, I do not have a, the slightest clue. <laughs> That's the one we had Still growing came up. in second. The one from, Still like, came the in 50s. Second. Simultaneous drinks is good for uh, podcast television. Yeah, a lot of we. The more dead air we have, I think, the better off we are. People don't actually want to so listen too. to us. And my drink is in like a very inconspicuous spot out of camera, uh, but it's hard to get to, so I might be moving the mic a little bit. <laughs> you're uh, just gonna move the mic around to grab your drink. Each time I'm thirsty, you're gonna see me just slide out of the screen real quick and then get back in. So it's gonna be good times. I can already tell this is gonna be one of our best. Times had by all, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> weekly updates. Weekly updates before we get going. Anything uh, Anything new in your world? Uh, Gonzaga's still in March Madness. They're in the Final Four. Gonzaga's still in, yeah. Uh, go, go Bulldogs. All I care about is March Madness. I, I don't know. I don't Gonzaga's ever going to win one. Like, I want to be actively aware that they were at least in the tournament. Yes. True. Um, that thought was cut out almost entirely. So <laughs> my audio is going in and out. A body here, but we'll we'll roll with the punches. That's fine. They got they got the idea. Uh, let's see if I can change something. No, before we start though, I have to ask the first question of the night. 
why do you have unmarked identical gray binders behind you? Are those just shelf fillers? Just like, ah, I have, I'm just honest with you. I have no idea what they are. Spot on my bookcase. I just need to fill it up. Oh, uh, they're having a sale at Staples on identical gray binders. Let's just buy seven of those. These to my, uh, to my left here. Let's see. Yeah. God, I hope they're porn. Oh, they're magazine holders. Yeah, they're magazine holders backwards. Fair enough. There's like notebooks and magazines and that's how you organize the shelf to make it look like there's nothing there, but there's actually secret. That's how we get through the door that's on this wall to the other dimension. I have always wanted to build a house with a secret door. I've seen cool houses on online where you like open up the kitchen island and there's like a secret wine cellar or something. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. Those are pretty sweet, actually. I will say those are pretty cool. Okay. Well, I don't think we did much of a weekly update. That's good. Um, The Gonzaga commentary was cut off audio wise a little bit. So we're two for two. We're on a hot roll right now. Uh, Don't slow us down. But I think we're going to jump right into things. Dan's got some questions pulled up from the world of Reddit. If you're not on Reddit, I understand, you know, from my understanding anyway, it's a it's a rabbit hole that I personally don't want to dive down simply because, well, it just takes too much time. It would just take too much of my time. But it is a rabbit hole, right? There's a lot of uh, discussion threads and there's some in, nonsense stuff and there's some awesome stuff right in my opinion reddit is probably one of the best uh social media sites out there if you want to call it social media because there's something for everyone doesn't matter what you do doesn't matter what you're into doesn't matter what you like to read about there are other people in the world that enjoy reading about talking about and discussing that same thing and there's probably a thread for it out there almost every single city has their own Reddit page. Boise has one. I'm almost positive Coeur d'Alene has one. Uh, they're just Spokane, just things going on in your city, news, whatever it is. Uh, if you're into animals, you know, pets, all kinds of dog pages out there. There's some really interesting uh, like DIY pages, some woodworking pages. I mean, there's pretty much anything you can think of. It's on Reddit. So Could I learn how to braid uh, a rabbit's tail? on there i suspect you probably could and and you know it's nice if you can't there's forum pages where you can just ask anything you want called like ask reddit or ask men and you can just go on there and you can post a question and ask and say hey how do you braid a rabbit's tail and more than likely some know-it-all will tell you okay all right where can i get alligator skin boots guaranteed in florida okay that's probably a safe bet I, Probably a safe bet. So those are some example questions that are going to be in and answered today, right? Well, we just answered them. They, okay, they you're, right. Answered you're right. We'll just move on. Now. Uh, no, All right, I Dan. think I've, I've got the first question here okay. that I think I want to uh, ask. Yeah. And it's, uh, hang on. No, it wasn't. Uh, oh, I lost it. Oh, oh, there it was. It's kind of a deep one. Kind of uh, okay. gonna get gonna get deep to begin with. What's okay. the closest you've ever come to dying? Hmm. 
And I have I, I have a story right off the bat that I can I can share and let you give me some time. <laughs> you go, I'll think. think. Let's think. Uh, I was in probably, I don't know, I, I imagine I was probably around eight or ninth grade. And uh, I was in a summer camp and uh, we got to go whitewater rafting. And it was the, one of the forks of the Payette River. I can't remember. Uh, North Fork or South Fork or whatever. And uh, it was right here, just about, you know, 100 miles north of Boise. You know, you put in around banks and you raft down the river and it's a great time. So we're whitewater rafting and they have two little duckies, which are little inflatable canoes that mm -hmm. uh, they have the professionals, you know, riding around in. But on calmer waters, you can uh, switch with one of them and you can ride around in one of those little inflatable kayaks if you want. Okay. I'm and following. So uh, at, at one point I got to switch with one of the uh, instructors and uh, for some reason, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea, but they were like, oh, well, there's a class three rapid coming up. It was one of the bigger rapids we were going to take that trip. Mm -hmm. And they said, it's fine. You can go down it in the little kayak. I was like, all right, you know, why not? And so I Sorry went down. Up to be a doozy. I, yeah. And immediately, like I didn't make it like partway through the rapid. I, I wasn't like near the end. Almost immediately, I get flipped over in my little inflatable kayak. And I, I should mention, I'm six foot five. I'm a big guy. I've always been a big guy. And these are little kayaks, like they were little. I was shoehorned in that thing. And I get turned over and I'm fully upside down, head, life vest, helmet, everything in the water. I lost the paddle. I mean, before I even flipped, I threw the paddle, who knows where it went. And I'm sitting there underwater and I'm struggling and I can't get out, I can't get out because I'm so shoehorned in this thing. And of course we're still in a class three rapid. So I'm just going down the river upside down. And I remember at one point thinking to myself, is this really how I die? Like I'm, I'm ninth, 10th grade, you know, I'm maybe like 14 years old. I'm like, really, this is it inflatable kayak going down a class three rapid. And then I, you know, I, I'd like to say I took a deep breath, but of course I was underwater, but I sat there and chilled for a second and I calmed down and I finally realized, okay, if I stop struggling so much and just focus on getting one part of my body out of this kayak, everything else will come. And I, I popped out and I floated the whole rest of the way down the rapid and I was fine. And uh, actually at that time, while I was doing that, my buddy who was in the other inflatable kayak, because sure, why not take both the instructors and put them in a wrap, you know, put them in a boat and put the two inexperienced people in the kayaks. He was uh, riding this bull on this, you know, real big wave and something that apparently only experienced kayakers do. And he was just accidentally doing it while I was drowning myself. Um, that was uh that was i i think probably the closest i've come to dying uh up until this point in my life thankfully i haven't had any experiences since then uh i mean i guess i guess i did get trucked uh by a 230 pound national championship winning wrestler multi-time national championship wrestler multi-time national championship wrestler yeah uh, i got trucked by him so that i mean that's maybe a close second that was pretty cool. Uh, my story pales in comparison, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Uh, I was tossing up between two things. I have, in fact, rolled a vehicle, single car accident. That's not my closest. Your little Mazda pickup? Yeah, Mazda pickup. Rolled it in the winter on some ice. It, it, it's not really fair because really what I did was spin and then hit a hillside 
And that stopped my momentum and shifted it immediately. And that caused me to tip over more so than roll. Um, but that's not the closest I've ever been to dying. I'm going to go ahead and go with my second story. And I'm going to set it up real nice for you here. Um, my wife is very experienced uh, at skiing. And the first time we went to the mountain, um, she got me on ski. She's like, dude, skis, do it. Skis are easier, right? Skiing's easier. Uh, I quickly learned that she was full of shit. Uh, <laughs> you should have you known that already. You married this woman. Her first run down the mountain, first run, I, I'm pretty sure like 90% of people, I fell down getting off the lift, right? That's a good start. That's a That's good start for the day. Pretty, pretty normal. Yeah. Okay. So fell down getting off the lift. She's like, all right, well, whatever. I always forget them. I think green's the easiest or is blue the easiest? I don't know. Green. Yeah. It just goes green. Yeah. I was like, blue bunny, hill, bunny hills for bitches, dude. I'm going green right off the bat. First run of my life. Uh, not first run of my life. I guess I'd snowboarded when I was in fifth grade when we went on our school trip, but that doesn't count. That was pretty much exclusively the bunny hill. Um, so we are off to a great start because I had fallen getting off the lift. So already kind of frustrated. We're going, I shit you not, Kendall skiing, chilling, looking over her shoulder, like pizza, French fry, pizza, French fry. And I don't know what that means. So I got really hungry, but really frustrated at the same time and um you know it i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not exaggerating i can bring her in right now and she can confirm this it took me 45 minutes to go down my first run on skis because i fell every six to ten feet there's a couple times when i was like oh man i got this for about 12 feet and then not good not good so I got a little bit of confidence built up. I think, I don't know if this was the same trip. Maybe it was the same trip. And um, I, I was like, okay, we're going to go to a blue. Kendall was going down the blue, just chilling, going down side to side. And I'm like, all right, I got this. And I just send it. And I'm going side to side. Not controlled, though. I'm just going side to side because <laughs> there's no brakes, baby. Um, <laughs> so I'm going side the metal. to side. Kendall's looking over her shoulder like, oh, damn, he's got it. He's carving. He's doing great. So she continues to go, not knowing that I had zero control. Then I uh, continue on to a, a point where I, I think it's called a yard sale. And I just sent it and uh, like spun around, caught an edge of my ski, like stuffed my face three feet in the snow, lost my ski. It was like sliding down the hill. I got pretty pissed. I was so mad. And from that day forward, anytime we go to the mountain, I'm like, I'm going to put two of my feet on one thing. And uh, it's gotten a little bit better. I, I feel confident in the fact that I can get down quicker than 45 minutes now on a snowboard. But when I was on that blue run and I was going up, and I felt like it was a half pipe and it literally was just a hill. Like there was no jumps, nothing. It probably wasn't even that steep. No, no, but I was literally like, oh my God, this is how it ends. I'm going to break both my legs and get stuck in a tree. Here I am. I'm here to tell the story. I survived. I only, uh, 
I only did one blue run that day. That was, I think I did a total of three runs in like a six hour window. It was great. Went into the lodge. I think the most time I spent anywhere on the mountain was in the lodge eating food. So that was, that was a highlight. Um, but other than that, that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. I thought the car rolling over thing would be a little bit more scary. No, skiing for the first time is definitely scarier. So there's that. I'll be honest. That makes me feel a lot better about myself because I am, I, I'm not quite an avid skier anymore. When I was growing up, I was a little bit more of an avid skier, but uh, I, I learned to ski when I was like five or six and you're much better off learning when you're young because kids oh, yeah. are fearless. Kids are fearless. They just go straight down the hill. They're fine. Uh, and you have always been significantly better at pretty much any form of athletic competition we've ever tried to do. Except ping pong. I get you in ping pong. And bowling. You get, me, you get me in the mind games. The things that you actually have to think about. Bowling, bowling and ping pong are two that I got you. But uh, that makes me feel better about myself. So thank you. <laughs> One time. I think Dan was having possibly the worst day of his life when I beat him at a bowling game. I beat you one time. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Now I've got this story for life. That's accurate. And you never let me forget it. Never. And that was what, like eight years ago? Probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> so, um, yeah, skiing is not my forte. Um, ping pong, also not my forte. Pool, the game of billiards, not my forte. Uh, what else here. takes not a lot of athletic ability, but a lot of mind? Uh, you could kill me at chess. You could kill me at checkers. You could beat me probably at cribbage. Uh, any cribbage. board game. Uh, anything that I need my mind for, I'm, well, I lack, uh, the ability to make decisions apparently in heat of the moment type stuff. So when you're full sending it down a mountain, it's, uh, it's not pretty. So uh, in the heat of the moment, I I was like, what should I do? Should I actually try to stop or should I just shit myself and die? (laughs) And I chose option B. That's always the better option. I'll be honest. It's always a good choice. Yeah. So yeah that, that's my answer to question number one what do you got for us for question number dose all right here's here's Five one that's interesting probably a little bit a little bit quicker okay. uh what's something you never thought you'd be able to do until you actually did it and again i have i have an answer here it's a little it's a quick answer it's uh a pretty simple one but for me uh it was push-ups i okay. Was never, and I still to this day, pull ups are my next one on that list. Uh, I've never in my life done a pull up, but okay. uh, I mean, I had done like a few push ups before, but for the most part, I'd always had terrible upper body strength with a very heavy upper body. I, I think I mentioned I was, I'm a tall guy, I'm six foot five, I was pretty big. Uh, at my heaviest point, I was 270, and it's tough pushing up a lot of weight with not a lot of muscle. Uh, and so my goal when I first started working out was I was like, okay, I want to do like 25 push-ups in a row. That's it, like 25 push-ups, which I now realize was pretty low bar to set for myself because not more than about two weeks in, I was doing 25 push-ups in a row. And I was like, oh, this was all right. This was a little bit easier than I thought it would be. But all it took was just dedication of doing it every day, every day. I would start out and I do just five push-ups, just five push-ups, and I do it once, and it, it, I hated it, hated it. And then the next 
you know, next time I did it, I do maybe six or seven push-ups, and I just increase a little bit. And then I was doing 10 and I was quickly doing 15 and 20. And at, at one point I was doing 30 to 35 push-ups in a row and planks too. Planks were another thing. Always had nice. terrible, terrible core strength. I started out doing just, you know, 15 second planks, just hold it up there, get up there, hold it. You go to 30 seconds. At one point I was doing two minute planks just regularly. Never thought I'd do that. So it was just something simple. It took a little bit of consistency, a little bit of determination. But once I put my mind to it, it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought. It was a lot easier. Nice. I like it. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. What What was the question again? Something that you never thought you'd be good at that you actually are well, kind of just decent at? Never, never thought you'd be able to do until you actually like Never did. thought you'd be able to do. You gave a good... Uh, a good couple answers there. Not something that I never thought I'd be able to do. I could use the same one and say skiing or snowboarding. I never thought I'd be good at that because my whole life I've hated winter. Uh, never been a fan of the cold. Um, but something that I never thought I would. I don't. I don't know. I think. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know, honestly, because. I'm not like that daring as I get older, you know how people like get older and they're like less and less daring and like willing to do stuff and try stuff. I'm like totally the opposite. I'm like, man, whatever. Like I'll try it. I'll try it once. I'll, you know, and I think, I don't know. I don't really know at this point what I'm not even really like, I don't know. This is, this is great content right here, but uh honestly like snowboarding it was daunting um Jake's just always other... thought he could do anything that's it's a good mindset to have just believe you can do anything <laughs> i don't know if i can do anything but i'm willing to try things whereas a lot of people are like they have an ir like an irrational fear of something like uh maybe someone's got like a fear of bungee jumping but like why do you fear bungee jumping if you've never done you know what i mean like, so I'm not so gonna... here, I have, a, I have a thought then. What if we set a goal for you? Like uh, something you never thought you would do, like is probably hold a tarantula, right? Yeah. Never thought you'd do that. So what if we got you to hold a tarantula? Is there one like right behind me? There, there isn't, but I wish there was because that would be a really good like segue into my next That would bit. be a and great by the way, there's there's a tarantula, uh, you know, Steve Irwin's standing over your shoulder right now with a tarantula for you to hold. That would be wild because that would mean Steve Irwin's back too. He's on the island with Tupac and Biggie. Yeah, that's true. It's the same island. It's called Cuba. <laughs> it's a good island. Good place to be. We good weren't place. allowed to go there for a while. So that's, I'm sure, where they stored all the uh, people who've faked their deaths. Um Cars that they have know. there. I'll have to think harder on that. We'll have to circle back to that one, maybe. All right, we can we can circle back to it. We can do a yeah. back. Yeah. All right. Throw me uh, question number three. All right, I've got a, I've got a good one here. It's a fun one. More of just okay. a, a, a thinker here. If you lived in a colonial or a medieval village, yeah. And colonial being, you know, like obviously the colonies, you know, back sure. in the late 1700s, uh, or medieval. We can go even further back to, you know. The, I, I don't even know when the medieval times were probably like the 1300s or something. I, don't I would know. guess like 13 to 1500s, something like that. What would your job be? 
what would my job be? What do you think you would be good at in medieval time? Let's let's just stick with medieval. I like the older theme. I don't want to go colonial because <laughs> I'd probably, I don't know. Let I, me throw I'd, you a curveball, a little bit of an amendment to this question. All right, hit me. You answer what I would be good at in medieval times and I'll answer what you would be good at in medieval times. All right, all right, I like that. All right, so I'm going to go first for you. Uh, undoubtedly, you would be the jester of the king's court. <laughs> you would be bringing jokes, uh, dad jokes, drinking jokes, um, making the king, who generally speaking is a fat old guy, right? As depicted in many shows, you would be responsible for entertaining him. So you're going to have to quickly learn how to do like cartwheels, juggle while riding juggle. a unicycle and telling jokes. But that would be you. I mean, that, that role is cut out for you. I think I could probably do that. I think that's probably fair. I actually, I thought maybe for myself, I would be uh, like a, a, somebody in the, in the town that provided supplies. I think I would be good at like, you know, procuring different supplies and having my own little, not, not quite a general store, but, you know, just like. Uh, just like a blacksmith? The, well, I could maybe I could maybe learn blacksmithing. I, I okay. I'm okay with working with my hands, but I like your answer better. I like your answer better. I think for you, <laughs> you didn't see that one coming, did you? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I think for you, uh, you're frozen on my screen. You're just kind of squinting, looking at me like this. You're kind of frozen happening. too, but I can hear you. So yeah, I can hear you, and that's all that matters in the podcast. Um, I think that you would probably be uh, a knight of some kind. Okay. I think you would be out, you know, defending the castle. I think, I think you would be do well in that, in that arena. I'd know, be like the uh, Heath Ledger from a Knight's Tale. I, I think that's a phenomenal role. I, cause I could definitely see you out there, you know, pretty physical guy, you know, making sure you're, uh, you're in good shape defending the castle from, cause back then you didn't have to worry about, you know, getting shot or anything like that. The force they had were bow and arrows, you know? True. And I think, I think you could probably fire. fire a pretty mean arrow, maybe a yeah. javelin. You could have a spear. A I could spear, spear people. A I'd be lance. like uh, Conan, the Jason Momoa version of Conan the Barbarian. There you go. I think, I, think that's I wish. That's what, that's what I'd see you doing. If, if only, if only, I don't know. I don't think I'm like, I, I know I just touched on this in the last question, but I, I don't know if I would like, walk into an, an oncoming like imminent battle i wouldn't want to be like the knight that's like ride him cowboy let's go like we're going in we're you know i mm, i don't know i don't know i'd have to be the one maybe on the like castle ledge and when they tell me to fire like the guy just goes fire i light my arrow on fire and just launch it into the crowd of you know you know what i'm saying i don't know if i'm a john snow type See that? No, you could be standing up at the top of the wall, you know, with yeah. your your boiling hot cauldrons of oil or tar or whatever yeah, they yeah, had yeah. back then, and your fire. And I would be responsible also for loading the catapults that are within the castle walls. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. You could you could be just uh, lifting your atlas stones into the catapult and just <laughs> placing them down in there. I, like. Like uh, it takes a lot of bravery to be that first knight that full well knows he's going to die, but he's leading his men into army. But like 
definitely going to be the first one to be speared off the back of his horse. Do you think they knew that they were, or do you think that in the back of your head, you have to believe like, no, it's fine. Like, even though I'm the first person they're going to see and shoot at, like, I'm still going to make it out of this. Or do you think they just know like, now this is it. I'm ready. It's time. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let me, let me go this angle too. Why did they go in like literally this angle? Like, why did they attack each other in, like, triangles? Your audio just completely cut out for me. Oh, no. Oh, no. His audio's out. He's frozen. Charge towards each other. I don't, I I don't get that. Like, well, I missed all of that answer. Geometrically or, speaking, when you're like fighting and they're in a triangle to charge why are they in a triangle i don't know what i I mean like what i don't understand i don't understand why don't they fan out so that one knight is not just hanging himself out to dry you know what i'm saying like why isn't a whole like entourage charging in there like wouldn't a square be better than a triangle but i mean that also begs the question like why in you know the the revolutionary war you know, was it commonplace for just two lines of soldiers to just stand there and shoot at each other? Like, it's okay. I'm going to stand here in full view of the enemy and I'm going to shoot them before they can shoot. No, why? No, there's a tree. Maybe because they they stood just far enough to the point where like their muskets couldn't reach. You know what I mean? Like they could stab you with their bayonet if they threw their gun, but their, their musket, like they, you know, muzzle loaded or whatever, pack that powder in there. And then they stand just far enough away to like the cannonball just drop at their feet. The little baby bullet that shoots out of there. The little baby bullet. Yeah. You know, the one that's like as big as my whole abdomen. (laughs) I don't know. Medieval war tactics are not, they weren't very bright. Well, let me ask you this. Why like in I, I missed any of what you just said. You, <laughs> you were froze. frozen again. Something is broken. Okay, I was going to say, why, why is there like a little drummer boy in the Revolutionary War? Why are they like, like, we're going to war? I think everybody likes music. Well, why is there like a flute? Like, you're like, obviously, we're going to shoot them first. Well, you know, no, maybe they were, they're, they're like, you know, the, the press. Oh, they're or, off limits? Yeah, they're like the press or medics, you know, where you're not allowed to shoot the little drummer boy. Like, come also, on. Also, to get a little Please. bit more current with our war tactics, how can there be a ceasefire for, like, Christmas? Like, we hate your guts. Our mission is to kill you. But for Christmas, everyone can be with their family. What? I just, I just think that's sweet. I think that's nice. That. <laughs> that's, that's very warm-hearted of them in a cold-hearted situation but if you think about it if you think about it soldier a on the side of good doesn't necessarily hate the individual soldier b on the side of bad that's it's true. the leaders up here that disagree with the leaders over here but the individual right. soldiers i mean i think in the ceasefire in world war one 
I think they went out and like into no man's land and just celebrated like, I don't know, I'll probably get tons of hate mail on that because I don't know shit about history. But, <laughs> I'm not sure if you're factually correct, but I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, I, I, I think they did. And even if they didn't, I like the idea that they did. You thought that I, they were just like, dude, let's have a bonfire together. Have some s'mores, like chill. Like you could put your marshmallow on my bayonet and I'll put my marshmallow on your bayonet and actually, we'll have a jolly you know, old time. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to have the intern look it up. But I believe war is actually where uh, like M&Ms originated because they were chocolate that didn't melt directly from your, your like body heat. They melts you know, in your mouth, girl, not in your hand. I'll take you to the candy something shop. Something like that. Something like that. So uh, I, I think I'll, I'll have the intern look it up after the show. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of that. So I like it. Even if it's not factually correct, it's a fact. So never, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's what I've always said. <laughs> that's what I say. I double down on that. Well, that's, why we're bull- that's why we're bullshitters. Yeah, that's, that's us. One. That's one. Well, actually, you said it earlier. So okay. I said it in the intro. Yeah. You said it in the intro, so that's two. Yeah, yeah, two. Uh, all right. All right. Here's an easy one. Okay. I'm ready. What's, what's your favorite article of clothing you own? Favorite article? That's not an easy one. Oh, as a okay, one. I'm gonna get a little. I'm gonna get a little. Uh, maybe opinionated with this one. As a man, am I entitled to only liking one item of clothing? I don't care how many items of clothing you like. The question is, what is your favorite article of clothing? We're answering questions from Reddit. Uh, okay. Well, let me show you this. If you can see it on video, look at the shirt. Yeah. I see it. I see it. there are so many reasons to be happy. Uh, so many reasons to be happy. Yeah, Just I a mean, friendly reminder that uh, the world around us isn't all that bad. I like wearing it. Is that your favorite article of clothing? It can yeah, be. I like the shirt a lot. I wear it to work out. I wear it to the movies. I wear it on fancy date night. I wear it. Uh... Yeah, we don't have fancy date night that often. But yeah, I wear it all the time. I love it. Uh, might I recommend? No, I lied. I lied. I rescind my answer. Oh my God. I have one. I have a shirt, much like yours, that buttons up, but it's got, it's dark blue and it's got flamingos. Flamingos. Yes. Flamingos. I do love flamingo shirt. That's a good That's shirt. That's my favorite shirt. That is a good shirt. Uh, are shoes articles of clothing? Uh, I would say yes. Why? Why wouldn't they be? I mean, you buy them at the same store. You buy articles of clothing. That's true. Uh, okay, so my favorite article of clothing would be split between either don't say it New Balance tennis shoes. <laughs> oh no, New Balance nine ninety. Don't say it. They're they are the greatest shoe that I've ever worn. New Balance, if you want to sponsor me, I have worn your shoes for the last at least probably ten years. I love them. My friends give me so much shit about my shoes. And I still continually between once a year and once every two years, because they last a long time, considering I wear them every single day, every single day I wear them. And they last me sometimes upwards of two years because they're quality products made in the USA. New Balance. Just saying. Shout out. Shout out NB, the New Balance 
Is but it the new balance or is it just generally speaking, your balance is new? Your balance is not old. It's, it's okay. relatively recent. Okay. Uh, so and, uh, what is your, uh, what was your other decision? Please, please don't say it. It is actually the shirt that I was wearing in the picture for the uh, title of the podcast, not the title, the, uh, the or like cover art our cover art on our podcast it was a it's a hawaiian shirt much like this one button up uh much much softer fabric uh it's kind of a i don't know it's kind of a dry fit fabric almost it's not this is more like a cottony blend and that one's definitely more of you you know what i'm talking about with the dry fit with like the water wicking and whatever yeah you you feel me you're i've heard that you work out once in a while uh, that okay. shirt, my dad uh, saw it online from God knows where, some Chinese website, probably wish.com, honestly. I don't know where he saw it. He ordered a double XL. My dad, much like me, is a big guy, but he's still, you know, bigger in the shoulders. Portly. He's, he's, he's working on it. But yeah, portly could be a word to describe him. Uh, large man. Big Chuck. Big Chuck. He, uh, he ordered a double XL. And what showed up was barely a U.S. large, barely. It is a very small shirt. And <laughs> probably my immediate least favorite thing, but it has become my favorite thing about this shirt, is that the buttons stop right here. Like this is the last button on the shirt. Like on most shirts, you get another one here and then one more at the collar. If it's a dress shirt, if it's a Hawaiian shirt, you know, it usually stops there. But it stops like even below where this button is. The last button is like right here. So the shirt just hangs open the entire time you wear it. It was like my cardigan style. Least favorite thing about that. I put it on. I was like, where are all the, it has like four buttons total. <laughs> like, where are the buttons on this shirt? They cheaped out on the size and the buttons. Now it's my favorite thing. I wear that shirt at least once a week. And it's got almost the exact same colors as the pictures behind me. It's very bright, flashy, blue and orange. I mean, you guys have seen it. It's our, it's our cover art. How, how do you wear a youth large? Is that what you said? No, no, no. It's barely an adult large. Oh, I thought you said it was a youth large. I was oh, like, no, maybe I'm... that's why the buttons only go up to your belly button. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it only... You know, the shirt only goes down to my belly button. I, it's a crop top. I wear it. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about With it. With his booty shorts that say juicy right on the butt. Oh, they juicy just right along the ass. Daddy's girl. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Okay. Uh, just give me I like it. I like your answer. The flamingo a... button-up shirt, guys, it, it appears. So that's good. Give me, give me a number. Just give me a number from like 100 to 200. I'll just ask that question. 100 to what? What's my range? 200. 100 to 200. I've already looked. Um, we're going to go with uh, lucky number 133. All right. In the movie Inside Out, each person had a set of core memories that define who they are and how they behave. What is one of your core memories? That's a tough one. That's a thinker. That defines who I am? Yeah, I have I have one that I can I'm immediately, it pops to my head. Okay. Uh, when I was younger, 
Uh, I participated in youth sports, you know, as you do. And I played soccer. I was terrible at soccer. I was never any good. Uh, like I said, no athletic ability whatsoever. Uh, I can trip over my own two feet walking on flat ground. But that's special. Uh, after, you know, soccer practice and after games, uh, my mom would sometimes like to, you know, reward me or treat us just for participating. Yeah. Thank God for participation trophies. No, just because I got out there and I did something that I didn't necessarily love, but I tried it. And so one time, uh, there used to be a little drive-in in Boise, uh, right next to the Boise State campus called the College In and Out. Yep. And they had great food, great hamburgers and hot dogs. They're hot dogs. They would slice like lengthwise. And they hot dog style? The and they would slice the hot dogs hot dog style. They would. <laughs> uh, and they would put them on a grill and they would serve them on a hamburger bun. And it was just like a hot dog that had been sliced up like four times and grilled. Oh, it was delicious. Phenomenal. Great milkshakes, everything. But one time when we were there, there was this uh, young man. He was a young black man. And he was, uh, he, he had a bicycle and like a backpack or, you know, but he, he didn't have, you know, much as far as possessions. And you could tell he was more than likely a vagrant. He was homeless. Yeah. And uh, he asked my mom, you know, as, as homeless people do for money. And she said, no, I'm not going to give you any money. But what she said was, you can order anything you want off the menu and I'll buy it for you. I'll buy you lunch. And that was something that really stuck with me because she, you know, later we talked about it a little and she explained and she said, you know, basically if you're in a position where you can help someone, it's kind of your obligation to help them. And it, it helping him didn't necessarily mean giving him money because giving him money, you know, might've been detrimental to his life. He might've spent it on alcohol or drugs or what have you, who knows? I don't want to make any assumptions about him. He might've gone out and got a haircut and a shower and tried to get a job. I don't know. But what we did know was he said he was hungry and he wanted money. And so she said she would buy him food. And that stuck with me. That's probably one of those core memories that no matter what, you know, if you're in a position where you can provide someone with help, I think, you know, it's your obligation to help them. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, giving someone the shirt off your back if it's going to make you cold. You know, you need to right. have to take care of yourself before you can help anybody else. But if you're in that position, I think it's important. And I think that's one of those qualities as a human that we should all, you know, help our fellow man, woman, whatever, if, yeah. if, we're, if we have that ability. So there you go. I'd say that's one of my core memories. I like it. I like it. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty deep. Um, I honestly, I've always heard if you do like cross paths with someone who's less fortunate than you, whatever the, the case may be, uh, give them something that you would appreciate in that situation. So like some people obviously appreciate money cause they don't know, like they know that money is a means to an end in terms of like, like that, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be a, a gym membership so they can use the shower and whatever. But um, honestly, that's that's something that I've heard people say is like give them a like a one month gym membership so they can use the facilities, like go in, be somewhere warm at least for a little bit, you know, uh, or like take them food because they're not like nine times out of ten. If you just 
give them money. Like you said, it could, there's a negative and a positive outcome to that. If you eliminate the negative as best you can, you know, like provide them food, provide them. But if you give them food, don't give them like the scraps of something that you ate 90% of, right? Like give them something that you would expect or appreciate in that situation. So, um, yeah, for a while there, my grandma actually, uh, like right after Hurricane Katrina happened, she quit her job as a nurse and they started a not-for-profit that like made blankets and uh, what's it called when you when you like sew them to get quilts and things like that. And she took them down like to the heart of where Katrina hit down in Louisiana, New Orleans. And that was like her not-for-profit for a while. She would just drive around to these hardest hit areas and give people like blankets or some kind of a way to like be warm, you know, even though the South is generally warm, you know, it's, it's more like these, the quilts would be like squares donated by people. Maybe it was like wounded warrior project or whatever, but they would all like donate a square and then make these quilts. And then these people could have these quilts that have a little more meaning than just like a, a blanket that you could buy at the dollar store, you know? So, sure. So that's something to kind of build off of yours, but I don't know. I think I'm going to take the lighthearted approach here. And uh, for whatever reason, it's almost like uh, I tell Kendall every time my wife, for those listening or watching that uh, it's like a memory I have for some reason. It's like I was destined to be, I think in Coeur d'Alene or at least in the situation I find myself in now, because when I was a kid, And I specifically remember this picture that my mom has of me. If you remember what Eminem looked like in like 1998 with the frosted tips, that was me. Only I had glasses. And in this picture, I was wearing a hockey jersey. I have no idea why I had a Colorado Avalanche jersey as a child. I didn't even watch that much hockey, but I'm actually in the picture hanging upside down from the monkey bars at the Coeur d'Alene like city park. The wood one, not the McEwen, but the other, like the original that, one. That wood one is cool. That's cool. Part. And I'm I'm hanging upside down. And like little did I know back then, this is where kind of everything would start, I guess. Like we always came over to this park because to us, it was like a big deal to come to Coeur d'Alene. It was cool. The, the lake was right there. The big beach is right there. Like we loved that park when we were little kids. And now it's like, yeah, live here and like am married and have future ahead of us and it's crazy to just see that picture and like think back to like I remember specifically hanging upside down on the monkey bars while my mom like came up and took that picture and it's just I don't know it's like it's a almost like a premonition thing like it was it was gonna happen you know so a little more lighthearted than I like it in yours but it's a good uh good memory to have yeah yeah What's next? What's next? Uh, give, us right. a, well, give us a curveball. A little bit, uh, again, like you said, a little bit more lighthearted here. Uh, what's an expensive item that is absolutely worth the money? Absolutely worth every penny. A, a, a luxury item, let's say. A luxury me, item. Yeah, what's, what's a luxury item that is absolutely worth every penny? Uh, for me, there's two answers that immediately came to mind that both uh, actually came into my life uh, right at the same time at the start of quarantine uh, back last, you know, around March, April or so. Right. Uh, The first item is uh, a pair of Ugg 
moccasin style. <laughs> I knew these were going to come up in conversation. I, I knew it. Absolutely. I, so I have, like I already said, big guy, I have big feet. Uh, and that's why I love New Balance so much is they fit my feet so well. Uh, and slippers, normally I have to buy either one or two sizes too big because I have real wide feet. And uh, I've always loved slippers. I've always had a nice pair of slippers that I like, but they're normally, yeah. you know, like old friend slippers. They, you know, like 30, 40 bucks, nothing, nothing outrageous, but still a little pricey. But yeah, uh, I went on to Uggs website and I saw that they sold like extra wide slippers. And I thought, okay, like I'll look into this. And I looked at this pair of slippers and it was like $110. And I thought there is no way I can justify spending $110 on a pair of slippers. I can't do it. And uh, so I, I pulled around, I went to one of my buddies that he's always had the nicer things in life. And uh, yeah. like, he loves Lululemon. Those are like his go-to clothing. He's yeah. a big fan of them. Uh, and I asked him, I said, Sam, you, you have a pair of Ugg slippers, don't you? And he said, oh, yeah, I do. And I said, what did you think of them? Were they actually worth the money? And he goes, absolutely. They were great. And he said, I've had them for years. My dad even still wears them sometimes. And I thought, all right, you know what? It's the start of quarantine. I'm going to be at home a lot. I'm going to be in my slippers a lot. I'm going to splurge. I'm going to buy myself a nice pair of slippers. And I did, and I loved them. And immediately when I got them, my girlfriend, Lauren, was coming over. And what's the first thing any person in your life, any significant other does, if they have the ability to, they start wearing your shit. They start taking yep. your, if they 100%. have that, a sweat, a nice sweatshirt that you got, a nice coat, nice pair of sweats, you know, uh, slippers. And so I just happened to be scrolling through uh, Facebook marketplace and somebody else like me had similarly uh, recently bought a pair of Ugg slippers. They got them. And for some reason or another, they didn't like them. And um, they happen to be right at her size. You know, they're slippers. They don't have to be perfect. Uh, yeah. So I went out and I paid 40 bucks for another pair because I was like, stop wearing the slippers. They are mine. Like <laughs> I have special rules that I'm going to wear with. Anyway, so Ugg slippers are definitely worth every penny to me. And the other, the other item was a bidet. I'd never in my life had a bidet, <laughs> never really tried one. Uh but when my dad, he recently remodeled his house and he bought a pretty, pretty nice bidet. It had inline water heater. So it heated up the water. Uh, it had a, a little fan that blew warm air. I mean, little, uh, a little scent neutralizer, a uh, little light on it, real nice. And when we were first starting to get talks of a stimulus, you know, a stimulus check, uh, I was like, oh, what am I going to spend my $1,200 on? And I thought, oh, I'll just be, I'll just go buy a $1,200 bidet, just something stupid. And <laughs> my, dad, my dad goes, before you do that, take that one that I got because he had gotten one when he remodeled his house yeah. and installed it on his toilet and he never even used it. He just sat down on it once and he didn't like the seat size. It was a little bit too small because it's got all that stuff in the back, the fan and the water heater and stuff. So on the back, it's about, you know, maybe yay big. So it makes the seat that much smaller and he didn't like it. So he immediately had him remove it from his toilet before he ever even used it. Uh, but unfortunately, they won't take a returned, you know, even if it was unused bidet. So he just had it sitting under his uh, 
under his bathroom sink. And he goes, well, before you go buy, buy one, take that one that I got and try it. And I love it. Worth every penny. It was not worth how much he paid for it, but a nice bidet with an inline water heater. I think you can find them for like a hundred bucks or something worth every penny. Totally worth it. Great. And especially useful when there's a toilet paper shortage. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that is true. And I'll tell you what, when you're in public and you sit down on a toilet and the seat is warm, that's a bad thing. That's, that's not uncomfortable like that. That's uncomfortable. When you're at home and you're the only one there and you sit down on a heated toilet seat, that's nice. <laughs> oh my God. That's good. That's you sit Slippers there. Slippers and a bidet. Slippers and a bidet. Those are, that to me Fair. is absolutely worth the money. Every penny. Okay. All right. Uh, not to be outdone. I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, this little guy right here. No, I'm just kidding. I think I found a, uh, like in the, it's a football player laying out for a catch. All right. Like not, not a luxury item. I think I found it, but, um, for those that don't know, or maybe you do, cause you follow the social media pages. I like hats, but not just any hats. It's got to be uh, specific baseball team hats. I'm trying to collect all 30. I started collecting uh, hats. I don't know. I've been wearing hats since I was so in middle school. I think everybody's middle school is this way. Maybe I'm just old school. I don't know. But we weren't allowed to wear hats. And it was like terrorizing for me. Like it was just the worst thing, the worst thing ever. So when high school hit, I wore a hat literally like every day, every day uh obviously you have to take it off for like pe and stuff but these hats uh they're not cheap they're it's not a luxury item per se but it's it's a luxury version of a hat maybe uh they're like anywhere between 30 and 40 bucks depending on where you go if there's sales things like that but some people are like Oh, I get my hats for free from this or that, or I get my hats for five bucks from Walmart or whatever. My hats, I'm like very particular with. I like spray them with waterproofing stuff. I, I can't get them. I can't, if it starts raining or something outside, I'm like, oh, take your hat off. Um, if they, they like waterproofing. Well, this is prior to the waterproofing. Like if I wear it out of the store and it's raining, I'm like, okay. well, put it back in the bag. Put it back in the bag uh even if it's like a five-year-old hat i have hats like i said that are from like my freshman year of high school but even if it's like a five-year-old hat and it falls on the ground full well knowing that i've worn it for five years i like freak out dust it off sometimes if i can i wipe them with like a magic eraser that's a secret for keeping your shoes and your hats clean so magic eraser uh shout out mr clean um yeah hats i have on my side of the room, I have like these, they're actually uh, curtain rods and they have shower curtain like rings on them. And the shower curtain rings hold the hats up on the wall. So I clip my hats to these rings and I've got, I just got a new one like two days ago. Uh, that makes it, I think I'm at like 21 total hats. I think I have like 16 Major League Baseball ones. I've got two or three hockey team hats just that I've gotten either being there at a game or uh, 
from family or something for hockey. And then I have a couple like NBA team hats that I've had since I think I got them in college. And, but I, I don't even watch the NBA or really support a team. Uh, so I don't know why I have those hats, but um, yeah, baseball hats. That's kind of one of my things. And then the other thing, I don't have a lot of them, but I've got four, four decent ones. I would say uh, watches. I never dress up. I never wear an outfit where I would need a watch. Um, they're pretty much exclusively wedding attire. Like if we're attending a wedding or something. So, um, I have four watches They're pre- I like them. I have got a one that's made out of all wood. I've got, um, just a couple like nice dressy watches. I don't have like a Rolex or anything, but that'd be cool someday to have a Rolex just cause. I gotta say, when I think about wedding attire, hats or hats and watches are not the first thing. Not hats. To. I don't wear hats to weddings. All right, that's fair. yeah. I, just the watches. I, love my, I, just... I don't wear watches when I'm just like around town. I don't wear watches when we like go out to dinner. I literally have to wear watches like it, the one time a year I dress up. I'll wear a watch. Funny enough, uh, I went through my. I have like a box that you know opens and it has all your watches on display literally all of my watch batteries are dead they're all frozen in time so probably get that figured out there might you you might have a wedding or something coming up sometimes i'll just wear a watch full well knowing don't look at your watch because the battery's dead but it's there to like you know put the whipped cream on the uh the ice cream you know it's like just the topper for the showpiece it's the cherry on top yeah it's the cherry on top exactly so if you ever see me in public and i have a watch on don't ask me what time it is because there's a good chance that it doesn't work. I don't even know how, I mean, I know how to change a watch battery, but I don't know like where you go to change a watch battery to a jeweler. I don't know. I don't know how that stuff happens. So hats and watches are like my expensive things. I wish I had a Rolex or something. I got to let everyone down that's listening or, or watching. I don't have a Rolex, but citizen that would be cool. G-Shock watches are cool. Um, those are on the wish list. Those are on the wish list. So one day I'm going to be doing a podcast just like this with just the watch on. And it's just, I'm just going to do the whole podcast like this. Just just the watch on? You promise? No hat, no shirt, no pants? Just I'll be wearing pants, but you can't see my pants right now. I, How do you know I'm wearing pants at this very moment? Maybe I'm not. I don't, I don't know. Stand up. You wearing pants? We're going to take this podcast to a whole nother level. Here we go. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, he is wearing pants. Uh, They're camo, though, so you can't see him. Okay. I didn't even. Do you have legs? Are you? Lieutenant I don't Dan? actually have legs. No. No. Okay. We're going to get canceled by the uh, legless community. By the, like, legless? Like, the <laughs> by, the, the by the elven warrior from Lord of the Rings community, <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. Uh, that was a good one. That was a good question. I'm glad that we can just tie everything full circle. That's what we do here on Bullshitters, and that's three. Three. You've said it more than me, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I think by definition, when you have an odd number like that in two people, I, one person would have had to set it more than the other. That's just <laughs> Whoa, we could have in unison said it. You never know. Well, but then that would still be like twice, even though the audience may have only heard it once. We would have said it twice. 
but no, but it still would. Uh, okay, don't I see where yourself. you're going. Technicality, technicality. Uh, all right, here, give me another, give me another number. We're gonna go with a rando. Uh, one hundred to two hundred. No, any number you want, from one to three hundred and two. Uh, I picked the caboose. Three hundred two. Three hundred two. The very last question. It's probably like. But if you yell, what's your favorite color? Why are you still reading this many questions? There's been 301 before this. Why are you on 302? <laughs> uh, has a piece of media, either book, a film, a play, a song, something like that, ever changed the way you thought about the world? Has a piece of media ever changed the way you thought about the world? Hmm. I don't know if it's a single... I don't know if it's a single piece of media. This sounds maybe really lame, but back in the day, I don't know when it was, 20, I want to say like 2012. So like nine, 10 years ago, nine years ago, uh, there was a show on called Extreme Makeover. And this sounds stupid, but they had Extreme Makeover where they would like find homeless people and make them look not homeless anymore. Well, then there was a spinoff called extreme makeover weight loss edition and i was kind of i think i was already certified as a trainer but i was kind of just like not really training or anything or or uh, i was doing like desk stuff like signing people up for memberships and things like that but then i watched the show and and chris and heidi powell were husband and wife and they basically would get these people that were morbidly obese like 400 500 pounds whatever and they would work with them for a full year and each episode was basically a year tracking this person's like habits basically it was a sped sped up version of what i do now with a lot of people uh so in one hour you would see people go from 402 pounds to 200 pounds and you'd see their journey all the way through it and i think that's I don't know. I always refer back to that show. It's it's nothing like, I don't know, people older than me are going to be like, oh, dude, MTV shaped my life. Uh, but uh, that show, I think it was just like, okay, like it does take a long time, but it's it showed people that it's possible. Sometimes when there's people that are at that point, when it's like 400 pounds, you're like, damn, like you really had to eat your food to get to that weight or you really had to be mad about something to just sit there and eat and but i always see it from like kind of the other side you know like okay something's going on can we address this to to fix it to to remedy the situation you know so mm -hmm. that's what i do with a lot of people i would say like 75 percent of the people i meet with are what you would consider uh obese maybe not morbidly obese but obese uh and they all come to me for the same reason. Like, Hey, I'm looking to lose weight. This is what I do. And I, I go in kind of like they did on that show. And we look at nutrition, we look at their daily activity, you know, outside the gym, we look at whatever. And I think it's just, I don't know. That was like a staple. That was like a, a show that was like, okay, this is like, this is what you're supposed to be doing, you know? So to me, that was, I mean, it wasn't even on that long. I think it was on for like two or three seasons, maybe longer than that. But not to toot my own horn or anything, but the guy that lost the most weight on that show 
Bruce Pitcher, if you guys know, he is now a trainer himself running a very similar show. It's actually a YouTube series called Larger Than Life. He went from 402 pounds to 200 pounds in one year. And I had him on the other podcast, All the Best Things. Cool guy. Uh, and now he's like super motivated, obviously, because he's a totally different person than he was for a long, long time. So people think that like once you get to that weight, it's the end of the road. There's no coming back from it. But that show always showed that there's like hope for people. So that's how I kind of knew like this is what I want to do. I think I have a good method of doing it and helping people. And to have the ability to like talk to the people that have been on the show and experience it firsthand was super cool. So that's what I'm going to roll with. Little side question. What do you find is the most common theme amongst people who are trying to lose weight? Like, what do you, what do you think in your experience? Like what's, what's the most common thing that you have everybody do that you find helps them lose weight? Um, so 99% of the people I work with uh, hate cardio. They hate it. They don't want to be on a treadmill. They don't want to be on stair climber. They don't want to do a rower. They don't want to go outside and run around the block. But uh, what I do to kind of get people's heart rates up is I'll, I, I don't even tell them straight up. It's not that I'm lying. I'm just not telling them that they're actually doing cardio when they're doing maybe jump roping or a lot of times I box with people. I'm not a trained professional boxer, but I've watched a lot of like boxing YouTube and things like that just for basic fitness, not to like get these people into the Olympics or anything, but people have aggression from stress at work or maybe their home life is shitty or maybe uh, whatever it may be. So they have, they carry this aggression and they, they like hitting their trainer. They like, boxing it up and a lot of people that i work with they're like oh i never thought i'd like boxing or jump roping or or using the battle ropes or something like that and it turns out that holy crap boxing you're burning maybe maybe 50 percent more than you would be just doing strength training and you're not on a treadmill you're not on elliptical you're not doing the stairs where something is just mindless over and over and over again at least boxing you're staying alert and ready and and you're always kind of bouncing around. So your heart rate stays higher. Whereas like some of the, I'll call them more stationary ones, like treadmill or something like that. Your heart stays at the same, at the same, no matter what you're doing, unless you're cranking up, you know, if you're doing like intervals where you're going high and then low and then high and then low, or maybe you're running and then walking, running and then walking. Boxing as a whole is way less lower impact too. So people that are always like, oh, my ankles bug me. My back bugs me when I'm on the treadmill. They get thrown those punches and they see just, you see red in their eyes and they are willing to work twice as hard as they would be otherwise. So disguising the cardio is definitely what I would say. It's doing something that people don't really feel is monotonous and, and repetitive. It ends up being a little, a little easier for them to wrap their, their head around. So. No, I, I would agree with that. I, I uh, am not a huge fan of cardio. I can't just go out and run. You know, I don't mind walking. I enjoy walking, especially up up a nice little hiking trail or something like that. Uh, out walking the dog afternoon, enjoy the sun, you know. But uh, definitely for me, when I do something like play sports, uh, even like spike ball, I recently got into that. Love spike ball. I will work 10 times harder at spike ball than I will if I'm just on a treadmill. If I'm on a treadmill and I'm like, 
just trying to like, I don't run, but just trying to really push myself, walk at four, four and a half. Like I can, I can walk at a pretty quick clip. I think the fastest I walk on a treadmill is usually like four, eight, like almost five miles an hour, you know, but I'll push myself and I'll do that for maybe, maybe like half a mile or something walking at five miles an hour. And I'm like, I'm done. I can't do it. But, you know, doing something like playing tennis or playing spike ball or, you know, anything like that, that you're not thinking about it, but you just do it. You you're in the moment. So I get that boxing. That's, that's a clever way to disguise your cardio. So, uh, uh, but anyway, back to the original question, has a piece of media ever changed the way you thought about the world? Yeah. Um, you know, I can't think of any specific instance where it necessarily changed the way I thought about the world, but kind of a, a point that really stuck with me in my life was uh, my sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, we were, you know, that was back when we had, we had met, you know, pretty recently about a year ago and uh, we were doing rounds in the dorm. You know, we, I was an RA in college resident assistant and it was right around that time that the song uh, happy by Pharrell came out. Yeah. And I just remember bouncing down the hall, just dancing to the song happy just out loud on somebody's crappy phone speaker, you know, how that was just a, one of those moments in time that just, it sticks with you. There was no outside substances. I, I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs you know, anything. It was just, we could all just be there. And even if it was one o'clock in the morning and you had a crappy, you know, night up until that point, just bouncing along to that song, something about that beat. It's like, uh, I, Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra just has that, that bouncy pop, that beat to it. Just a great song. doesn't matter what you're feeling. For me, one of those songs comes on and it can change my whole outlook. Yeah. You know? So I don't know yeah. if it's necessarily changed the way I thought about the world. Uh, but uh, it certainly, you know, it changes what I'm thinking at that that moment. So yeah, true. Kind of to, to build on what I said before about my answer. I think the reason I think that that weight loss show was so maybe instrumental in, in things is because it really showed me and, and kind of drove home the point that hope is like the greatest currency in the American culture. Like it doesn't matter where these people were from. It doesn't matter like what their jobs were, how much money they made, like what kind of car they drove, like everybody. And that's kind of why I like fitness is because that's what I tell people that I meet with. Like literally it doesn't matter when you walk through that front door, it literally doesn't matter who you are in a sense but like, we're all there for the same reason. We're all there to get shit done. We're all there to, to get in, get out and get on with our day. So, but people come in like everything. Hope is, hope is a currency in a number of situations. Think about like, maybe you're a college or a potential college basketball player and coaches are recruiting you. They're banking their school's funds on you hoping that you're going to be a productive player to bring them in more funds as, as a institution. Same thing when you go from college to pro, the pros are drafting you thinking, okay, I hope this guy or girl pans out. Right. Or the same thing transfers to the real world for like us normal, uh, unathletic folk. Uh, um, you're, if you have a promotion at work, 
they're hoping that you can take on the additional responsibilities, right? Yeah, hope it, to me, it just kind of drove home the point. It hit the, the hammer on the nail head that hope is more valid currency than the money that is in your bank account or whatever. So that's kind of why it was more instrumental for me as well. Yeah, no, I'd say that's valid. That's, that's important to have that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, what do you think? How much time do we have left? We got time for uh, maybe one more question, two more. What are you thinking? Yeah, we can do, we can do two more. All right. Let's do, let's do two more. All right. Uh, give me another number. Less than um, uh, 63. 63. I like. What would you title your memoir? Mm. That could be interesting. What would I title my memoir? Wow. This is going to leave a lot of dead space on this podcast. We're both thinking like our wheels are turning, smoke's coming out of our ears. Uh, I do not know. Hmm. Uh, I think I think mine would just be probably. I don't know if you could make an entitle an, an entire title out of it, but the the word that has always been used to describe me the most is happy-go-lucky. And uh, I would say something something along those lines, carefree, happy-go-lucky, just okay. Dan Vanderhoff story. Because I, you know, the, the Aloha Dan story, if you will. The Aloha Dan story. There we yeah, go. That's it. Like happy-go-lucky, the story of Aloha Dan. I like it. There you go. Okay. That's my title. And I, I think, you know, life is just too short to, you know, lose too much sleep over any one thing. Mm-hmm. Because everything comes and goes. The worst day of your life, you know, just means there's better days ahead, basically. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. I've always kind of water off duck's back. I just, it, I don't like being unhappy for very long. And so I'm not, I don't, I, I don't let myself in general be unhappy for very long. You know, I'm able to enjoy the little things in life. I'm pretty easily entertained. And uh, I think that's why, honestly, uh, I I enjoy, as you guys have seen on the last couple podcasts, a little, you know, sip of alcohol here and there. (laughs) I like drinking. And uh, I don't think, I mean, I've had times where I've had bad times after getting drunk, you know, where you don't feel well or you, you know, you're in in the bathroom calling dinosaurs all night. But uh, let me tell you, I, I am, in my opinion, and I've heard this from almost all my friends, I'm one of the most fun drunks out there because oh, yeah, with, I could, I could uh, attest to that with, with most things, alcohol uh, just tends to uh, exacerbate or bring out what you're currently feeling. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty much always having a good time. And if I'm drinking, I'm having a good time. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a good time. So there you go. Happy go lucky. I think, I think you just actually could have given yourself a better title with that last sentence right there. I don't even know what I said. Uh, Good times with Aloha Dan. 
There you go. Good times with Aloha Dan. (laughs) There it is. Good times with Aloha Dan. Oh, man. Mine would have to be something like... uh, mm, I think it'd be pretty simple. I just kind of thought of this while you were explaining yours. I think it would just be called uh, See, Dream, Do. So... You've always been uh, uh, definitely about that. Dream do maybe the story of Jake or whatever, you know, Um, simply because I've always been, my wife makes fun of me every, every time, but I'll, I'll like, it sounds stupid, but we'll drive down a street and there's a vacant building and I'll be like, Oh, you know, it'd be great there. A A gym gym or a, or a restaurant or this or whatever and don't don't believe him folks the answer is always a gym <laughs> and his <laughs> wife will attest yeah, to that right now it's a gym but when i was in high school this might be i don't even know if you know this but i wanted to like i was dead set on going to culinary college not not to be a chef necessarily but I wanted to like learn the way of a restaurant, like a yeah, higher a end, not like a no disrespect here. They're not going to sponsor us, but like a Red Robin or something. Um, I wanted to work at like a cool, uh, more sophisticated, maybe fancy is the word to I use. But like I to like own restaurants. I wanted to be a restaurateur. So uh, I was always like back in the day, I was like, you know, this is, this is going to be what my menu is. This is going to be this. This is going to be. And it was, that's what I went through when I was in high school. And then I got to college and then I was trying to translate like what I did in high school to what I wanted to do in college and working out became the new thing. So now when we drive around, I'm like, you know what, if we, if we tore this building down and built a new, you know, whatever, or this old, this old gas station would make a cool like coffee stand or whatever, whatever it may be. So I'm always uh, I'm always trying to think of like the not the next big thing, but yeah. So I see something maybe in it, and it's gotten worse with social media because you'll be like, "Holy shit!" Someone already took my idea of turning storage units or shipping containers into a gym or a house or whatever. I'm like, "Damn it!" That would be a relatively inexpensive way to open a gym. It's just a bunch of shipping containers, but. Um, I digress, but yeah, see dream do. So I, I, one day, I think I'm still in the middle of the uh, dreaming up portion of my memoir, but, um, yeah, I, I see an idea. I kind of dream up a little, uh, fake scenario and then I want to like see it through. So I still, I still think one of the best ideas you've had and correct me if I'm wrong and this wasn't your idea, but was the, the personal fitness like bus where you can take it to people. Yeah. And you've got, you know, like the, the ability in the back of the bus to work out and you can just personal train anywhere. Just bring it yeah. right to them. If you don't have time, I'll come to you. I yeah. think that's a great one. Cause you, how many, how much do you actually need? You just need some free weights. You need, I mean, cause you don't, you really don't need any machines back there. I mean, maybe, maybe if you want a Smith machine or something, if you want to yeah. squat or bench press or something, but you can put one Smith machine in there because you don't need a treadmill because you nope. can do, you know, if you want to move around, you can do that outside. Or like you said, you like to incorporate other methods of 
cardio. So you don't need a lot of machines. You just need some free weight and some, you know, like some surprise cardio in there, a jump rope, some boxing pads and gloves and things like Mm -hmm. that. Maybe a Smith machine. If somebody's goal is to really lift, put on some bulk, you know, heavy weights, but that, that one was pretty cool to me. I think that would be pretty cool. And, you know, on the grand scheme of things, I think it would be relatively inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be, uh, it's kind of evolved into like an old Greyhound bus, take all the seats out and turn it into like a gym on wheels. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, like Cause it. it's got bathroom. It's already got a bathroom there. True. Yeah, I mean, if you took all the seats out, you could sell them and salvage some of your money. Uh, it plenty, wouldn't take that much to, to redo one of those buses. The problem is the initial investment's pretty yeah. steep. So you couldn't you couldn't do like a school bus. That's not quite tall enough. But right, you know, right. It has to greyhound. be like yeah, like a greyhound bus, or it'd be super cool. They're pretty rare around here, but like a double decker like British bus. That'd be because then you, you can work out stuff outside. Like on the roof. On the, yeah. No, that'd, that'd be, be cool. pretty cool if it was just an you open do, platform and there was like no seat sun, or anything. Sunrise yoga or something up there. Yeah. You know what's kind of cool at the cruise boats at the resort here in town? There's a couple uh, yoga studios locally that contract with them and they'll do like a yoga on the boat uh, thing in the summer. I think it'd be cool to do like a full workout on a bus, not while we're moving. The yoga on a boat while it's moving would be hard. Yeah, it like would be a little, little more. An old bus way. that's all redone. I mean, and it would, it would advertise itself. You'd slap some, you'd slap some branding and stuff on the slap side, and everyone would go. Side I mean, people would be like very curious, and I don't know. I think it would be a foolproof like invention. But now that we've when, thrown it out into the world, someone will steal it. So, but that's okay. If somebody does steal it, good for them. Go, go do it. Uh, we like, uh, in, on this podcast, I like maker's mark and, uh, Jake, what's something you want uh, as a little kickback for when somebody gets successful with your idea? How about that Rolex? There you go. Just an endless (laughs) supply of maker's mark for me and some Rolex, uh, a Rolex for Jake. Right. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Uh, and if they want to sponsor us, shout out to maker's mark and Rolex. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. All right. What do you All right, let's cap it off. Let's uh let's wrap this bad boy up with one more question. Okay. Uh you pick it, random generator. Okay. I'm gonna just scroll up and down for a little bit here and land on a question. We are gonna go with uh what will always be funny to you? What's something what that will you, always be funny? What will always be funny to you? If our answers don't align here, I'm going to be slightly upset, but uh, okay, I'm a guy. Go. All right, go for it. I'm a guy. So I say fart jokes will fart always jokes. be funny. Fart, fart jokes are going to always be funny. There will never be a day when you're like, <laughs> not funny. It is. That's funny. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you, but to me, uh, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. Yeah. And I'm uh, a big fan of, you know, some of the older comics. You've got the Three Stooges. You've got, you know, a little bit later on, you've got like Richard Pryor or George Carlin or, you know, just yeah. some of the classics. You can, you can even go a little bit later on to, 
Chevy Chase or, you know, Bill Murray, just the original cast of SNL. But to me, yeah. uh, probably two things pop into my head as like just the classic funny. And that is Abbott and Costello, who's on first. Yeah. That is one of the funniest freaking skits. It's so I've good. Ever heard in my life. It's hilarious. It's still to this day. I don't care how many times I've heard it. Hearing and especially their delivery was phenomenal. I mean, just they were classic. And then Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That movie to me is hilarious. <laughs> it has a little something for everybody. Just, you know, I fart in your general direction or, you know, the just the, the squire going along behind King Arthur with his coconuts, just clicking like a horse. You know, it's, it's true. It's classic. And then maybe, maybe the last one on that list, let's just round it out with three things that will always be funny, would be the movie Airplane. The movie Airplane to me, is I think I'm I'm almost positive that empirically they have proven that Airplane is the funniest movie ever made because it has the most laughs per minute, the most like you know jokes, really, whatever. It has the most laughs per minute. Now that okay. doesn't mean you necessarily laugh at every single joke. Like one of the, one of the best jokes in Airplane to me, I think, is that they're on. You know, it's like. It's like the late 70s, early 80s, you know, that they're on this classic, I don't know what kind of plane it is. It's like a Boeing 737 or something, just a, a classic jet. You know, it's got big jet engines on the wings. And the entire film in the background are is the noise of propellers. The entire time are propellers as if you're on a prop plane and you're not, you're on a jet. And it's, <laughs> It's one of those jokes that you probably never even notice, but the next time you watch Airplane, listen for it, and there's props going in the background. And it's just, it's it's clever. It's classic. You might not even notice all the jokes, but to me, those three things will always be funny. I don't care how far down the road we are. I don't care what kind of political correct bullshit is going on in the world at that time. You can go back, hey, that one was a natural that one was a that was an accidental. That's number four. That's number four. <laughs> Those of you counting at home. Uh, yeah. But I don't care what's going on in the world. Those three things to me will always be funny. Valid. You make my uh, fart jokes seem a little bit uh, childish, so that's good. <laughs> They're still funny. They are funny every single time. Uh, <clears throat> in the last probably year, I've gotten a little more into stand-up comedy than. Uh, maybe I was before I knew of stand-up comics and I would watch stand-up comedy, but not with any regularity. And now I have some favorites that I've been tuning into almost on like a weekly basis. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of, uh, I think uh, like how Bill Burr gets overly angry about things. That's going to always be funny because you can right. always relate like right. overly angry to somebody that, you know, first like your dad or your uncle or your grandpa or someone gets overly angry about a situation that they should not be angry about so fart jokes great, and it's uh, great overly stick. Angry. no that's that's funny bill burr is very very funny love him love He's him great. yeah there's some there's some really funny talented comedians out there right now uh Nate just uh dropped a new special 
average American, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like the great average American or something. It's the greatest average American. Yeah. Uh, okay. It came out this year, 2021. It just came out like last week. It did very recently, March 4th of 2021. So okay, about, two about weeks. Three or four weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I guess. But uh, Dude, he's very funny. If you, if you haven't seen the Tennessee Kid, uh, that was one of his stand-up. I think that was his first Netflix special. Yeah. That one was very funny. Uh, he's very funny comedian. There's a lot of people out there that I think, um, you know, there's some people that are only funny in the moment. Uh, I think uh, one example of that was, uh, oh gosh, Dane Cook. Dane yes. Cook, he was very funny in the moment, but now kind of looking back, I'm like, eh, I listened to a little bit of his stand-up recently and wasn't great, you know. Yeah. He, was, he was funny in the moment, but it wasn't great. But there's definitely comedians out there that will forever be funny and just yeah. something they do. It's that's, true. That's, that's a real talent. It's true. All right. Should we wrap it up there? I think we should. I think we should. All right. Just to make it uh, a fistful of bullshit. It's number five. Fistful of bullshit. Uh, Thanks for tuning in for episode two. You can find this anywhere where, again, podcasts are available. Support the Patreon page or listen to it wherever, uh, wherever the audio platform is that you prefer. So until next time. Right. Dan's out. I'm out. I bid you adieu. Aloha. Adios.